to you from the few days after the Creative Light Festival in Drumna Drogheed. And I've had a couple of days with KJ Najul, who was one of the speakers and leaders at the workshop, and Karine Borst, who is an artist, is a wonderful artist from Holland. And we have been together for a couple of days just to have a little bit of downtime. And I'm here today just chatting with them about how it went. So thank you so much. And first of all, I'm going to ask KJ her thoughts on how everything went. I'm still floating, quite honestly. I was saying this morning that I haven't really processed how wonderful it all has been. I think it's going to take a few more days, quite honestly. It was glorious. I knew that I would be touched and moved by the speakers and by the energy of this land. This is new for me to be here in Scotland, first of all, and for me to be able to just connect with the energy and and to meet and be in person with with you, Margaret, for the first time, and you, Karine, um, after being friends in other ways online. It was a new level to be in person with with you all. And I'm laughing. (laughs) Sweet, sweet puppy Sky. Um, She actually, this is a good moment to mention Sky, um, because she, for me, almost personifies this energy, right, of joy and freedom. And... And I feel that. I feel that after spending spending time at the festival and spending time with you lovely ladies. I feel like something has absolutely opened up, a freedom and a space that I don't think I've felt in a very long time. Thank you. Thank you, KJ. There is something really wonderful about being in person, isn't there? And mm-hmm. actually, we're sitting here in my living room. And um, I just said to KJ, I, I've never done a podcast in person all my podcasts have been over the internet and we were trying to figure out how to do the tech. <laughs> so <laughs> we're passing a microphone around. Um, uh, but yes, it's the first time that I've actually been face to face. And that was the point when I uh, had the idea of the festival. It, it would be, it was the right time to bring people together in person because we're needing that after COVID to that period of, of, you know, seeing everybody on Zoom. And that's been wonderful it's an o- in its own way. But to actually be face to face has just been um, incredible and the the time was right for it so there is something uh, amazing about being being here together Mm. and one of the things that I think for me that's been really important is this idea of being around people that make you feel um, bold and they uplift you and that was that was there throughout the whole festival there was there was a group of people that just it was just wonderful vibe of of uplift and support I suppose but in these past few days as well being with the the, the two of you that's been even more pronounced for me because I certainly feel like I can do anything now (laughs) so watch the space (laughs) so I'm going to ask Karine now maybe her experiences or how she feels after being together for these few days you've spoken such a lovely things KJ and Margaret for me for me the festival I think it was another improvement of how creativity and connection and sharing in whatever form, painting or photography or writing, it's all the same source. And to be connected with so many people, men, women, all kinds of stories, ages, it has brought such a, a movement, I think. And it's a big movement because we were together together 
with so many people, but it's a movement in ourselves as well. And wherever we live or wherever we have to travel to next places, it's something that will be will be big, I think. Mm -hmm. Because it was a weekend where so many things has happened. Lives has been touched. I think you really need to, to start to organize the new festival because <laughs> it's a, it's a, there is a fruitful thing has happened. Thank you. Um, I don't even know what else to say after that. <laughs> There's been so much amazing feedback and I've been um, I've had so many messages that have been coming through and I think that um, it went far deeper than just a photography gathering which was the intention and it was an, it was an intentional process of bringing a mix of uh, speakers and leaders mm. together to go a little bit deeper so that the, the dog is <laughs> wanting to come out of her cage now as <laughs> you can hear in the background so i'm very curious karine and i were wondering our friend margaret how are you doing after all of this I think it's such a, a monumental achievement for me. I feel very proud that I managed to bring this together and to do it in a way that was intentionally so very different from any other photography conference that we've known before. So the, the idea, going back to the original idea, it was to have... Um, uh, yeah, I mean, a photography conference is the closest you get to it, but to move it from that into a... a a, a creative gathering where we're going deeper, we're going deeper. The photography is the vehicle, but the, the actual um, real transformation is actually within ourselves, mm -hmm. supporting each other, learning that coming together um, we're stronger and learning to open ourselves up. That's that's the point. Mm -hmm. It's not about learning photography. And mm -hmm. and I, I feel that I, I brought that about successfully, which is uh, amazing mm. it's amazing I'm very very proud of what's been achieved and certainly from the feedback that I've got from uh, everybody who was there one of the things that that makes me feel extremely happy is that a lot of people came to me and they've said that it's it's touched them in in a way that's very very important in their lives a few people said it's changed their lives which is incredible and I, I know that to be true actually because um I, I've seen it happening so I suppose something that I feel that I've achieved despite a lot of obstacles. And I think it's the start of something as well. I also feel like it's the start. It's kind of like, uh, I don't know where it's going to go, but it, we're, we're going to keep moving forwards because it's, it's helped so many people along the way. So um, watch this space. We shall, <laughs> we shall see how this develops. I think there's new beginnings happening in, in very various ways and certainly a new direction um, in a way that I've always intuitively wanted to go, but not quite been able to bring that about yet but I think sometimes things just take time yes. and connections mm -hmm. and the connections that I've made during this festival um, have been uh, incredible personally for me as well. So I'm currently looking at next year um, we have a new location of Aviemore which is very similar to the location this year and we'll be releasing the dates uh, soon and so it is a waiting list already so it would be advisable to get your name down um, quite quickly mm -hmm. but that will be released um, within the next few weeks so, so watch out for that and for now I'm going to leave you with some clips of the speakers at the festival So we hear from Bill Ward who's talking about his photography as an antidote to his busy life KJ Nasrall talking about our shoulds and our musts Justine Ritchie with her 
remote and interesting lifestyle that influences her mindful photography. And Kim Grant speaking about her video making and how powerful it's been for her well-being. Thank you to Margaret for Amazing. Thank you so much. Um, it's been an absolute, I don't know how it's been for, for all of you, but it's been an absolute privilege um, to be here. And I'm chuffed to bits to have been here and, and to have met all of you and, um, and to have spent the weekend that we've spent thinking about the kinds of things that we've been thinking about. It's been absolutely delightful. So thank you all for coming and thank you all for having us. And thank you, Margaret, for making it all happen. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I... Uh, so I'm an actor, I'm afraid. I'm really sorry. I'm not really a photographer at all. So uh, um, I've done sort of about 50 plays. I've done 30 television shows and 50 plays. Two of the television shows that I've done are soaps, um, Coronation Street and Emmerdale. But I do an awful lot of other stuff. And really, my heart lies in the theatre. And the more acting that I do, the more photography that I do to balance the two things up. And it's a yin-yang thing for me. And what you'll see is peace and quiet and solitude kind of run through an awful lot of the work that I'm going to show. My photography is, is kind of unashamedly emotional because of its starting point. Because of what I'm trying to do is balance um, the day job versus and trying to express myself. So it's unashamedly personal as well as unashamedly emotional. The only person that it's really for is me, and it's to balance, I, I, you know, I, I spend my life pretending to be somebody else. And so for me, the chance, the times and the chances that I have to be utterly myself are gold dust. And so that's what I tend to do, is I, I tend to sort of go off on my own to places where I'm not likely to bump into anybody else and hang out with Mother Nature and see what she has to say. I learned what my must was, which is everything that's not the should, the supposed to, the expected. And my must is something that happens when I drop into my quiet, when I drop into my stillness. And I learned that my must is helping people drop into their stillness, drop into their calm. And it's by doing the things that I did when I was four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, before I was told otherwise, or before someone maybe assigned a value to it by saying, that's not that good. Here's a couple thoughts, maybe to prompt you to see if you have a must or what your must is. So the first one I gave you, what did you do when you were, say, six or seven years old, and you were told, you've got some time, just go do something with it. What was your natural inclination? Oftentimes we don't realize we have these gifts until someone points it out to us. So that's what brought me to Margaret. She and I had already been friends for some time. We had gotten together in a, an online business course for women. I mean, because what else are we gonna do when you're in a pandemic? You start a business. <laughs> and so we did. And something that Kim spoke about yesterday, is the, the beauty of collaboration or what can happen if you just put out your photos, put out your work, you don't have to be on there. But what about collaborating with other artists and making something entirely new together? And so that's when I realized 
I didn't even think that I could be possibly a composer of background music or a composer of, of, of these beautiful music to come come behind and be a foundation for these beautiful images that I know that Margaret produces. But, let's see, she may have asked me in summer, and I didn't actually send anything over to her until close to Thanksgiving, several months, because I got in my own head. I started thinking, there's no way I can compose something for her. There's no, I knew she had this incredible audience and this incredible community, and I thought, who am I, who am I, to compose music for this, this goddess here. <laughs> so it took me about three months to talk myself into it, but actually it was accidental. What I ended up doing was looking at some of her work and then dropping into stillness, just getting quiet, thinking about what I love to do naturally. And that piece just came to me because I cleared out all of the second guessing, I just said, what do, what do I hear, what do I feel? And I swear I was a channel. And that, that, that melody dropped in. I think it was 2018. I was, had been working as a photographer for a long time, doing portraits and weddings and lots of commercial photography. And um, I just took on way too much and I had a complete burnout. And um, physically depleted and mentally, um, I just lost my joy of photography because it became something I was just doing for money. And it was, I just found I wasn't getting that creative spark. So I, and, you know, just couldn't keep going. My hands were like, sort of like my whole body was saying, stop, just stop and have a break. So I, I actually cancelled all my jobs. And it was quite scary because I'm freelance and I was thinking, I just don't know where the money's coming from, but I can't keep going like this. So I stopped, cancelled everything and just gave myself permission to have a rest for, for a few weeks. And um, I have been swimming a lot, um, outdoor swimming. I live near the sea in Edinburgh and um, my healing place really was to go and get into cold water, which there are real health benefits to it for the skeptics in here but you know for me it wasn't just about going in the water it was about being at one with nature so sort of immersing myself into a different watery world it sort of washed away all my stress um and I was doing this and sort of put my cameras away and let them gather dust for a bit and then I just thought no I need to do something creative because I need to find that spark and uh, so I took my camera to the beach when I went for a swim and I said to one of my swim buddies, do you think I could just photograph you as you're swimming? Would that be okay just to try something different? And, uh, and so she did and then I put my camera away and we had a swim together and I just said, well, I never really asked you, why do you swim? And she started telling me her story of why she was swimming and I found it so powerful and um, I just thought, actually, I'm going to do a little personal project um, just for me. Maybe one day it will be an exhibition or I could do something with it. But I didn't ever think I'd make any money out of it or anything like that. Um, so I started looking for interesting faces and interesting people and asking them about themselves and then photographing them. And I thought, well, I'll start somewhere to put it. So I've got like a, a place that goes. So I started an Instagram account. 
and put people's stories next to their portraits. And, uh, and that was all ticking along just as a little project. And then I got introduced to a, a lady called Vicky, who's the writer for the Herald in Scotland. And uh, this person said to me, you're going to introduce her to Vicky. So she is a writer, she's a wild swimmer, and I think you two look like sisters, and you should write a book together. And we met, and I knew it was her, because across the room I thought, oh, she looks a bit like me. And we... <laughs> so we got chatting, and we had a couple of coffees, and we had a swim together, and we said, let's just try and see if we can make this into a book. So she started coming with me on my project, my little escapades, meeting people. And um, we contacted a couple of agents, and we got signed by a lovely agent quite quickly, and she got us a book deal. And I never expected to do a book. It was never something I planned and we were very very lucky and but they had a very crazy turnaround so within a year of meeting Vicky the book was out in the shops and um, and then it was a whirlwind of you know we sort of caught a bit of a zeitgeist moment you know in 2019 it was out so we ended up going on the Joe Wiley show and being interviewed live on there and doing all this mad stuff I never imagined in a million years that I'd be doing um, so that's kind of where it started. But the book itself, this one here, Taking the Plunge, it is, that's, it's come from a personal project that's turned into a, a thing that has a life of its own. And um, it's, a, it's a book about people's stories. So it's not a book about swimming to me. It's a book about people and, you know, meeting these people and capturing them photographically. And, you know, Vicky's speaking to them and getting their story. And we swam with them as well. So all the way through the book, most of the pictures I've taken in the water with the people. So I'm at the sort of eye level with them. That was a really long answer to a question. Well, thank you. Um, as Margaret said, uh, my name is Kim Grant and I'm an outdoor photographer, but I'm predominantly known for my online videos. So. I've been doing YouTube videos now for five years and I thought it'd be quite exciting to come here today and talk about video making. So I'm not going to try and encourage you all to set up your own YouTube channel and do vlogging because I appreciate it's not for everyone. But I've experienced firsthand the incredible benefits of creating video. And like I say, there's plenty of incredible mental health benefits that you can get from it, which is what I'm going to speak about today. Creating video has completely changed my life. And I want to try and kind of encourage you all to, to see that for yourselves. So there was so much within me that I wanted to say and express, mostly creatively, actually, but of course, in other aspects of my life. And it was all stuck inside of me and it was manifesting as all of these physical symptoms. And I only realized this about six months ago, but I began healing the moment I started my YouTube channel. And to begin with, standing in front of the camera was terrifying. I, it took me about 10 takes before I was completely happy with what I was saying. It was like all of these years I'd wanted to express myself through voice and express this kind of fire and desire I had inside of me to be creative and be in nature. And I'd found a way of putting it all together. My love for nature, my love for Scotland, my love for photography, and then putting this into video. You know, creativity in all forms is about expressing our emotions and how we're feeling. And the best photographers and videographers are the ones who put a lot of feeling and emotion into their videos.
one thing I'd really encourage you all to do, if, if you feel drawn to, is next time you're out with your camera on location, why not take some little video clips in between the images that you're taking? So they could be video clips of the whole scene or of the, the subject you're going to shoot. So one thing we were looking at this morning when we were doing the forest bathing was uh, the leaves on the ground and some of them had beautiful rain droplets on them. So you could have done, for instance, this morning, we could have panned around the whole woodland and got a beautiful scene within a video and then added in different elements of that to really showcase it. I feel really honoured to be amongst such an amazing group of, of people. Um, so thank you very much for having me. Um, so I'll just say a little bit about what I'm going to talk about. Um, so really, um, nature as nurture and, live, and learning to see through a mindful lens um, and how my move to a remote um, hillside on the northwest coast of Scotland um, has really deepened my connection to nature um, and really given me new new ways to cultivate creativity um, as well as sort of nurturing my own health and, and well-being. And I think on the Northwest Highlands, you've got that interplay of the coast and the mountains and the sea. It's almost like a hand clasp where the sea meets the land. While I was just settling and deciding where I wanted to be, I read an advertisement in the local village newsletter. Um, and it was an advertisement that was in the for sale section. And the ad read as follows. Excuse me while I just read this. Rose Cottage Letters. The highest crofting cottage on the Lockside. Rose Cottage is a traditional crofting cottage from the early 18th century. It has been a holiday home to the, to the same family for over 51 years. Only now it would be good if it would become a home, a permanent home, and preferably to an individual, couple or family within the area. The location is stunning, the highest dwelling on the lockside, and its position gives magnificent views, privacy and calmness. To make it a permanent home, will require vision and hard work. I didn't quite realise how hard. <laughs> <laughs> Only for someone, it might be a dream come true. The other thing the ad didn't point out was that there's no vehicle access. Okay, so, and over 300 feet actually translates as about eight to 900 feet and my water supply, so I have a pipe running across the hillside into a plunge pool from a waterfall. So it's a big plastic pipe that runs across over. This is a gully here as well, so it swings across that. Some of it's underground, some of it's overground, so it does freeze in the winter. So coming up here, this is, um, this is, I live very simply. <laughs> It's basic living. I still don't have hot running water. Um, my electricity was condemned. There were wires hanging up because the mice had chewed through an awful lot. So this 
inspired a personal project, personal photographic project, um, particularly based on my trips to my water supply um, and also a sense of the, the Gallic colours in the landscape because they hold a very different nuance to the colours that, you know, they don't translate a Gallic, the, the colour green um, or blue, Gorum is a bluey green and it can be, there's a difference in the saturation and the shininess um, of the colours. So I wanted to explore this a bit further and I also wanted to start learning Gallic so that the, particularly when you look at maps, a lot of the place names are in Gallic. So a way for the landscape to be more easily revealed to me was to start learning some of the Gallic words so I could actually find my my way in the landscape and know what certain landmarks meant, whether they meant, you know, a slight um, knoll or a sharp peak or whatever it happened to be. So I embarked on this project to um, really document my water supply from its source to the sea. Thank you all for listening today and thank you to those who attended the festival this year. Stay tuned for next year's news of the festival and hopefully I'll get to meet some more of you next year.